You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 147. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. You've reached another Local Maximum. And today, of course, I am joined once again by Aaron. Aaron, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, coming out of a, a long holiday week, or at least it was Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I've been told, you know, don't do too much banter, but this is a holiday week. We've got to banter about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was nice. It was a relief. Um, uh, the, yeah. the, the dread for going back uh, maybe started a little too early, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, maintaining sanity a little bit later. <laughs> For me, I feel like there's this feeling that the year is winding down, and even this this podcast uh, episode is going to be a little bit more relaxed, which I'm excited about. Although we do have a very exciting announcement uh, today on the local maximum, but it is going to be more relaxed, and I feel like we're going to have some end of year look back episodes, and hopefully, I don't know if 2020 has one last zinger for us. I feel like it might. Yeah, don't tempt <laughs> but, the fates. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, tw- 2020 uh, but, heard that, and it, now they're saying, hold my beer. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not but um, right now, um, uh, well, we, we'll see what happens. I can't even begin to speculate, <laughs> but, you know. All right, so let's, uh, let's start by, uh, before we get into our big announcement today, let's start by talking about the current state of social media. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, Aaron, you obviously have not noticed this because you are one of the few people on earth who not only are you not on Twitter and Facebook, but you haven't been. How long have you been sober? Uh, I I guess it's coming up on five years in January or December, maybe. So that's so you missed you missed the worst of it. And you may be the last. That was when I left Facebook. I've I've never been on Twitter, although I, I, I have to admit, I do occasionally lurk there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So as a result, you may be the last sane person on earth. Um, Compared to what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, So I've just been, it's it's hard to put this, I can't quantify it, but I've just noticed that Twitter is just even more trash than it's been in the past. It is just full of, it used to be, back in the heyday, people would break news on Twitter. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening anymore. It just seems to be all trash talk. There was always some trash talk on Twitter. It seems to be all trash talk, and it's getting dumber and dumber and more, uh, you know, aimed at a at I don't know. Is it bots talking for bots? Is it aimed at getting people hooked? Is it trying people trying to run up their like numbers and just not breaking news? Is it because our news sources are so bad? I don't know, but. If you go on right now, it just feels like trash. I can't, I, I, I can't get away from that. I, I wouldn't um, begin to know how to analyze this, but yeah, the, the question that comes to mind is: has has the actual level of discourse or the quality of information uh, dropped, or is this simply a signal and noise problem that that all that all, all the good stuff that was on there before is still there? It's just so hard to find it because there's a lot more other junk now that. Everybody and their crazy uncle yeah. uh, is is on Twitter, and they have no compulsion about just removing the filter between be. you know f- brain and and keyboard. I mean, some people have suggested you know start start fresh and just follow 
a few people. Uh, but I feel like uh, I could try that, but um, I feel like it wouldn't quite work. I feel you, you want to be, if you're on Twitter, you want to have the full conversation. You're not just there to like follow a few people's streams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, that's, that's yeah. the impression I've gotten that a lot of celebrities uh, or, or people of note do that, that they, they simply don't see everything that gets re, you know retweeted or, or tweeted at them, that, that it's kind of a one-way valve for them for the most part. Yeah. Well, a lot of what I can't Twitter is though, otherwise. A lot of it is not people you follow. A lot of it is breaking news stories and mm. trying to search for them. Like I remember in 2011 when there was the earthquake in, um, you know, in, well, it was in Virginia, but we felt it in Manhattan. And uh, you go on Twitter and you get all the updated things about the earthquake or what was going on with Hurricane Sandy and all that. And, um, you know, now it's just that, that, that search button is, um, is you, you, you're in the, I don't want to say the swamp because that's that's talking about like <laughs> you know, that that has other yeah. political connotations. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but you're you're in the uh, the the depths of the internet, no matter what news story you're searching for, and you're not quite getting. I don't know if uh, it the was same that, value to- that particular earthquake, but I remember there was an XKCD uh, comic uh, where where he he talked about uh, a a particular earthquake and how the information about it traveled. Uh, By the way, people, folks, the there's, a, there's of- a reason. <laughs> There's a reason why we're talking about this stuff. So hang on. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. Tr- go ahead. Trust us, we're going somewhere with this. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was it was a uh, a measurement of the rate at which the the I guess the shock wave of the earthquake actually propagated from the epicenter, uh, and then uh, contrasted with a measurement of how the information about that earthquake radiated from the epicenter, uh, and and there was a clear point at which uh, the information about the earthquake uh overtook the actual shockwave so people would were there was a there were some places where people would learn oh there's an earthquake coming and then the earthquake would come which which is kind of mind-boggling yeah yeah no i i remember that one very well i but uh i don't want to get into the whole story now (laughs) so let's talk about facebook now facebook's interesting I've looked at, again, maybe I could start over, maybe with the help, but I, I think maybe a few of my friends in Facebook are smart. I feel like the whole Facebook group things where you are, um, where you have, you join groups uh, of like-minded people and you you have discussions, that feels in decline. I'm, I'm in a podcaster's group, for example. Um, a lot of group leaders are, are, uh, uh, you know, admins or, or you know the people who created the group are saying that now Facebook is requiring them to approve of all the posts on the group, which like puts them on the hook for it. So that feels a little yeah, weird. I, I hadn't heard much about that, but I know in the last couple of years that Facebook has moved to um, trying to extract some some form of monetization out of groups where mm. you know if if you want your your reach for posts even within your groups to get uh, visibility beyond a very small core of people, uh, you you got to pony up. Um, right. So uh, I think uh, friends and family no longer share photos on Facebook as much. It's it's really it's mostly like uninteresting uh, junk at this point with, with a few a few things that are OK. So, I mean, look, it feels like a I, nation in decline. I feel like LinkedIn uh, has gotten to the nation. same place, uh, just with a, a slightly different flavor to it. That uh, Maybe. Yeah, I, I haven't even looked at LinkedIn for this. So I really think that... Um, this decade, the 2020s, when the 
the alternatives are finally going to rise. People have been predicting the death of Facebook since, honestly, since 2005, since before they even got off the ground. Uh, so it really is, um, uh, you know, it, 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 I've been careful to uh, make those predictions, but it does feel like this is finally the turning point. This is finally where it feels so so old, uh, these, these forms of media, and something has to replace it. Alternatives have been tried for a long time and have failed. One of them was Diaspora, which was like this, um, uh, this decentralized social network that was founded at NYU, actually, when I was there in, in 2010. Um, didn't, I mean, I, th- I think it's still around, but it didn't you know, work out. Uh, so I, I, but you know, it's been my contention kind of that they were just early. And, you know, in the, in, in the world of tech startups, early is wrong. They say early is wrong, you know, but uh, it, it still means that it, you know, maybe they were 10 years early, you know. So uh, it's definitely <laughs> the, the prospect of starting an alternative in 2020 is a lot different than the prospect of starting an alternative in 2010. In 2010, Facebook is really just getting started. They, you know, and Twitter was just getting started. Yeah, Twitter and hadn't it's, even it's had its plane in the Hudson moment. With a lot of that, whether it's a question of, of the timing was off or the fundamental idea was wrong. Um, you know, with, yeah. without hindsight, uh, you know, uh, until it's actually panned out, it's very difficult to make that call one way or the other. Yeah. So anyway, my point is I, I've tried to do some local maximum stuff on Facebook and Twitter. I don't really take to it. I don't want to post too much on Twitter because then I get comments that are maybe uh, I've got some good comments, but, you know, then you get comments from the universe that are not necessarily something I want to and, deal and with. And that platform is not really. Well, maybe regardless of what it's designed for, it does not lend itself to, uh, you know, discussion and and yeah delving into issues uh it's it's very much right. for uh hey i have a new episode foisting zingers at each other or or yeah a quick quick little update like that um you know gr- yeah. great great for that you know if if you're literally using it as as kind of like a a ticker news feed almost um but yeah but beyond there's something that, about, it starts to fall apart there's something about facebook where i felt like i was getting lost in the shuffle too um, even though I, I'll still continue to post to those things, but I'm forming a community on those. Um, I, I actually think it's a good time to jump ship right now. So I am going to, are you ready for the announcement? Drum roll, please. <laughs> right. So we are going to get, a, we have been approved. You have to get approved by the admins for that to get a, uh, to form a community on locals, locals.com. If you remember, um, I had Dave Rubin on the show back in episode 103, and he was talking about launching this alternative. It's kind of a mixture between an alternative to both Facebook groups and Patreon. Um, so you know, you you'll be able to subscribe to the local maximum group without paying, and I'll post a lot of this stuff for free. But um, there will be a, a tier to help people support the show as well, um, and. I thought it was a great idea. You know, it's still very small. So, hey, it might be fun to join something as small, kind of get into the ground level and and see what happens. So I want to talk about some of the reasons why I chose uh, this particular platform. Uh, There are a bunch of reasons. First of all, first, and this is one, because I had Dave on the show, uh, which I already said. Uh, Secondly, it's because they gave me the URL maximum.locals.com. So to get to the local maximum uh, community, all you have to go is to is maximum.locals.com. How cool 
is that URL. Yeah, that's that's pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to get max.locals.com. I think they were like, don't push, don't push it, man. But uh, <laughs> but uh, maximum.locals.com is pretty good. I kind of like the bottom-up philosophy idea. I feel like it's the, the app is very bare bones right now. There's a lot of stuff that I wish can be done that they haven't done yet. I'm sure they'll build more stuff into it. But it's not – it feels like the different communities don't collide with each other that much. Uh, so it's like if you want to hear from me and – and this group, this community of people who listen to the show, but, uh, and, and I think I, I, we have a small community, so it'll be like me and Aaron for the most part, uh, and, and a few other people, um, then, then, then you can subscribe to it, um, either on your phone or on your desktop. And you don't really have to like the other communities on locals. If you don't want them kind of seeping into the discussion you don't really have to i mean you could yeah. subscribe so, to other so ones certainly well. i've only been in there for for uh, a, a little while now since since we've been in kind of the the pre-launch mode this past week um but i i don't think i've received a single spammy email from either locals.com itself or from other locals so uh you know it's 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 as uh, as expansive or as as isolated as as you want to make it yeah uh, and, and another reason why I chose locals is also because the makeup of the people who are joining. Um, so when you talk about alternatives, now uh, obviously, you know Dave Rubin, given his, um, you know his uh, the, the types of stuff that he's been advocating for, uh, he is very concerned about censorship on the web and, and on a big tech. And I am as well. We talk about it a lot, uh, but you. I want to be careful, like, which groups to, you know, sometimes these uh, anti-censorship groups tend to attract people who are being censored for a reason. I don't want to to say it in a way that's, like, pro-censorship, but, you know, okay, so Gab, for example. Generally, it's a good sign if you have people participating in the platform from across the spectrum. You know, if if it was... If it was all crazy right wingers or all crazy socialists, then then that would probably be a signal for something, uh, and, right. and it would would give you pause, perhaps. But but it seems like there's there's a pretty wide spectrum of uh, of of locals that make up the locals dot com uh, meta community. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, I looked at Gab; those are like Nazis. I'm. I'm I'm probably generalizing too much, <laughs> but, but, but there but are. You do have personal experience with gab Nazis. Yeah, I, I don't want. Like, <laughs> look, I don't want to debate. There's an open discussion, but there's certain certain theses that um, you shouldn't have to debate. Like, if there's a flat Earth, try to convince you that there's a flat Earth. Why should I have to debate them for hours on end and have them like ruin my day? Uh, when I know they're full of it. Um, so th- there, there, there does have to be like a, a rule of like who you're going to let into. Um, I think as, as Dave Rubin, you say, who, who would you let into your home? You know, uh, and then there's parlor, which a lot of people are joining right now, which is an alternative to, uh, Twitter. Uh, but that for now seems to be a lot of like, um, kind of Republican red meat type uh, people, boomer cons. I don't know if what I I don't know if Sean Hannity is on Parlor, but that kind of is the type of person that I imagine <laughs> is on there. Uh, so I so far, locals seems like more of an eclectic group. They're kind of independent thinkers. Uh, I think it's better. Doesn't mean I endorse everyone on the platform. Doesn't mean I'm going to like everyone um, 
on the platform. I'm sure I haven't seen anyone on Locals say something that is horrifying yet, but I'm sure there are and I'm sure there will be. But that's the point. That's 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 cool. Uh, it, it won't affect us. And, and, and you uh, mentioned bottom up before. So uh, yeah, what, what is what does that mean in, in 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 this context? Is this essentially that that you've got the power to, to moderate your own local, um, but that there's there's very little uh, uh, hands on in that in that nature from from the, the people at locals.com themselves or yeah it's kind of rather than throw everyone together it's kind of like let's have some local rules and then see how we can combine these small communities together um sort of a thing it's like creating a bunch of city states and trying to create a nation versus uh yeah i, I was thinking of the metaphor for, versus of the, the laboratory of or was it the states yeah. of the laboratory of democracy um versus I, like conquering uh, you know, like Alexander the Great style, like conquering the known world and then dividing it up into countries as you see fit. It's like the opposite, you know. <laughs> so it's uh, it's 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 that's the sort of idea. Um, okay, and they also have an easy way to help listeners support the show. So I'm I'm setting a supporters fee at four dollars a month. I am uh, I think well I'm, we're going to talk about reasons to support the show in a minute. Um, but first of all, I, I want to point out if you are getting value out of this show and you've been listening for a while and you like what I'm doing here, first things first, just go on maximum.locals.com and subscribe for, for free. I just, those numbers I want to get up uh, because that's, uh, that, that, that's kind of more important right now. So don't, don't focus too much on the, on the paid support. Although I, I would, I would obviously uh, appreciate that. Um, but um, first of all, I'm not exactly sure what you're going to get, as extras, I think we're going to post some behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe some unedited videos of um, of the uh, of the podcast that we do. I'm going to talk about progress. I'm going, you know, I'm going to talk about uh, you know certain things that I might want to share with a smaller audience about where I'm taking the show and that sort of thing. And so you could be part of that discussion. And then, of course, if you sign up for free, you can kind of see the larger. Uh, thoughts that I have that I feel comfortable posting there and not on Twitter because I'm not going to have millions of people uh, throw peanuts at me or something <laughs> like if you just make a comment on 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 Twitter. And so, okay, so I, I, I think that makes sense. I know I'm not the best sales guy in the world, but does that make sense, Aaron? Yeah, yeah. So there's 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 the uh, the opportunity to sign up for free and get get a, a peek behind the curtain kind of and get involved and uh if if you're interested in in stepping it up to the 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 what is it the, the supporting member uh, level yeah um then then that's it. right right now there's just the the one fairly fairly low tier for that uh and and that gets you access to a little bit more and and we'll we'll see how that develops uh yeah yeah so I I want to talk about a little bit first of all like where does the money go right now it's not going into my pocket it's we've got hosting costs i'm transcribing the episodes which make them much more searchable and make all of this information you know available uh more broadly and so it's going into that and um you know the website and, and the audio production and things like that um right now you know I, i'm not covering costs on that so right now you're, you're you're supporting like directly uh what we do here um, but you know, th this whole thing, like made me think like, what is the point of the show? What is the, um, w what is the improvement that the local maximum is putting out? Yeah, and into and the this world? is something we've, we've talked, you know, we, we've revisited a couple of times since before the first episode launched. It's, it's been kind of a recurring right. 
self-examination here. Right. I mean, so we do a lot of stuff on the on the show, and um, we, we kind of go back and forth to a lot of things. I have some bullet points here. Let's go through them. Uh, you know, first of all, I think some of what I do is giving people the tools to educate themselves and advocate for themselves. I know, you know, my particular background is in machine learning and, and Bayesian inference and um, sort of, uh, you know, you and I have particular ways of, of looking at things. So, you know, it's not completely, uh, but it's, it's, it's sort of a, a point of view that you probably don't get from like mainstream or like partisan sources, but it's sort of like very helpful tools to kind of do critical thinking. It's a little cliche to say, like, you know, we teach you how to think, not what to think. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not that I, we don't give our opinions here, but, like, I think that there are a lot of tools and gems here, particularly not just with what we say, with what our guests that can help you think differently, get out of your local maximum. That's that's the point. Um, another thing I was thinking about what this show is, it's like a forum for people in the tech industry, a forum for people in software. It's a, a forum for people doing research just to like, you know, talk about their ideas and talk about what they're working on and have kind of a back and forth. And it's something that a lot of other interview shows don't do. Like sometimes I interview people that get a lot of interviews, but other times I interview people who maybe, uh, maybe don't get a lot of interviews, but are doing some cool stuff nonetheless. So I think that is a, that's a huge benefit. Um, I, you know, I also use it to forward my own kind of research and understanding of AI and tech and what's working, what's not working. And, you know, as you know, I think a lot of people with podcasts just like to talk about stuff and that's it. They're, they're talkers, but I actually like to act on some of this stuff. Like <laughs> I have a job, I have, a, you know, I have kind of research interests uh, beyond that. And uh, I think sometime in the future, I'm going to have like way more freedom in terms of what I work on. Yeah, um, but already I have a lot of freedom. There's, there's, so there's almost a little bit of a paradox there in that the, the people who are actually doing the most interesting work in AI, uh, they're, they're too busy doing that work to be out evangelizing about it. And so um, you've, right. I think and that's you, why you I managed to get some, some viewpoints from people who are, quote unquote, in the trenches rather than uh, kind of professional advocates for the field type thing. Yeah. And somehow I've managed to talk about it while sometimes being in the trenches. <laughs> I think the trenches I'm in are not the, um, you know, are not the, the craziest trenches where like maybe it would be impossible to do this show. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's kind of a unique thing uh, that we've got here. Um, there are some things we advocate for. I definitely advocate for three freedom of thought and freedom of speech and, and Bayesian inference. I feel like the first step in Bayesian inference is to generate all of the, when you're tackling a certain problem, is to generate all the possible hypotheses, all the possible answers. And I think that requires strong freedom of thought and freedom of speech to get to the truth. And it's something that a lot of people just don't get nowadays and it's it's frustrating and i think that there are people who are advocating for it on the on the political scene very well but i think you just have to have as many people advocating for it as possible at some point we're going to have to engage people who who don't quite believe in it because i um i i i think it's it's going to be the downfall of us all yeah, if we if, if we lose that in in the context of of bayesian inference and and, and bayesian thought you know if even if the outcome is that you put the probability of something at zero percent, uh, having a a transparent discussion with yourself about 
am I doing this? Am, why am I, you know, am, am I really setting this at zero? Am, am I, am I lying to myself when I do that? Uh, and, and after you've made that assessment, uh, may, maybe you do land at the same place, but, but having that internal you know, monologue is, is valuable. Um, and yeah, you, you can, there, there are a lot of things that could be missed by skipping over that step just because, well, everybody knows X or of course Y, uh, and, and you, you can, yeah, it, it, that could leave you stuck I, in a local maximum. I'm more and more convinced. So w one of the things that we want to give people credit for is, you know, how well they predict things. And because, you know, you have a lot of pundits out there and they make predictions, but it seems like those predictions have no accountability to what actually happens. And so uh, that's that's got to happen for one. But on top of that, I'm more and more coming to the conclusion that you also have to give people credit for coming up with the theory that turns out to be correct. Even if you say that this theory is like, um, oh, this is this is an interesting idea. I don't think it's going to happen, but this is an interesting idea that I came up with. Um, people who who think on that creative level are also bringing a tremendous amount of knowledge into the world. And I think that's, I, I don't think I've explored that a hundred percent, but I think that's something that, that people should be uh, uh, encouraged to do yeah, as well. I, I think there's a lot of value in that, um, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, political polling or something else that uh, kind of showing the work and the underlying or just a different way of looking at something. Uh, yeah. It, it allows somebody else who might have some slightly different priors to use that as a framework uh, and, and, extract a lot more value from it rather than just looking at it and seeing, well, this is the final answer. Uh, either I agree with it or I don't, or they got it right or they got it wrong. Yeah. Um, okay. What else do we do here in the local maximum? We have access to guests. You won't get anywhere else. Um, Dave Rubin, you get, uh, he has got his own show. <laughs> you get him on this, but you know, look, even when I interviewed him, I had a different, like everyone else just wants to talk about the political stuff. No, I've been inside a tech startup and I was talking to him about doing that, and I don't think anyone else has interviewed him about that, which is crazy. Uh, so, and, and you know, look, I think a good example of uh, an interview I did was, uh, you know, like, well, the last one, Ty Danae Bradley. I don't know if you listened to that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, so the mathematician. Now, she does a lot of stuff on like YouTube and, and stuff, so you could hear from her, but you don't really get kind of a a, a journalist can't really go into enough depth with someone like that because they don't really get what's going on. Um, so, and then of course, you know, you have the people at Foursquare, the people at, I, I, I feel like there are some areas where I have a good insider view that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and I just think we have to do a general education on current events uh, with kind of a light technical background that everyone could have access to. Uh, so yeah. I, I, like you said, Aaron, interesting conversations on interesting topics. Uh, what can go wrong with that? Yeah, I do need a better ele elevator pitch here because there's so many reasons why we do the local maximum. And I need like uh, a really short, and I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I need like a really short two-sentence thing that people are going to read and they're going to be like, yes, I'm in this group. I want to go to maximum.locals.com and sign up right now. Yeah, we, we, we got to keep working on fine-tuning that. But at, at the same time, uh, the, the if idea anyone of out being there, in an elevator with someone right now is mildly terrifying. <laughs> the idea that, right, there's not a Zoom elevator. It's like <laughs> but when you're with someone before the rest of the group gets there. Uh, forget it. The Zoom lobby. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, if, if there's anyone out there who is like uh, good at like... Uh, 
marketing and getting these elevator pitch together. <laughs> I would like to know if you have a good idea. Uh, so, uh, so, so I'd like to hear from you on that. So anyway, that's it. It's, it's uh, like for, the, uh, the Mark Twain yeah. quote that, uh, I, I, I would have written you a short letter, but I didn't have time, so I've written you a long one instead. So we've we've yeah. we've given you the long the long spiel on, on on what we're about and 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 what our value proposition is. Yeah. Oh, but it's terrible. I know people are like um, browsing locals dot com, and the local maximum now will come up. But then I have this whole big paragraph of why you should join, and I'm like, nobody's going to read that paragraph. They're going to look at the paragraph. They're going to be like, uh let me see the next one. And then they'll open up like Michael Malice and they'll say for the lulls and the people will be like, Oh yeah, I'm in for the lulls. So I need something a little better. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think we'll, we'll have to figure it out. That's one thing that I'm a little bit, um, a, a little bit of a blind spot. It's on the, on the podcast market. Yeah, well, so and, and, hopefully we'll get there. and, and the, uh, the, the maximum.locals.com is it's, it's going to be a place where we can, uh, you know, maybe go go beyond what you might be able to do by sending an email in to the show. Uh, th- th- there's there's you know a place for for back and forth dialogue, both both yeah. between you you and me as as hosts and and co hosts and the listeners, but also uh, potentially directly between the listeners themselves as part of the community. Yeah, yeah, that's that that will be fun. That'll be pretty awesome when we have more people in. Uh, my first goal is to get a hundred subscribers so if you do subscribe even for free uh you're you're going a long way to to getting me there i think we can get that uh with this audience but uh we'll see all right so uh i think that's all i have on that remember maximum.locals.com please sign up uh sign up today uh especially first of all it's a no-brainer to sign up for the free one and help out with the show because you know that's not no skin off your back and then if you do support the show very appreciative and you can even become a supporter for free if you use the promo code THANKSGIVING. Uh, that'll be up for a bit. All right. Back to the social landscape um, of, of, uh, of big tech and all of this, all of the people <laughs> who control the information and what's going on. In 2018, I recommended a bottom-up model for community moderation and truth-finding. I think it was episode seven. It was like about, it oh, was wow. called yeah, Fixing that's, Facebook. That's, yeah. that's way back. No, no, no. Episode nine. Episode nine was on fixing Facebook. Let's write that down for the show notes page. And I, you know, these companies since then, since 2018, it's been two and a half years, have done the exact opposite of everything that I suggested. Um, <laughs> it's almost like they weren't listening. <laughs> um, so uh, I recommended kind of, I, I, I don't deny that you need some way to kind of get a, um, you know, to filter out crap. Everybody knows that. Uh, but I suggested kind of a bottom-up way of doing it where, you know, different groups of people can come up with different filters and there could be competition for, uh, for sensors, essentially. Uh, but nope, these companies decided, hey, we're going to have a small committee at the top decide what's what's good to publish and what's not good to publish. And the results have just been absolutely uh, horrible. Um, I don't think, I mean, even if you kind of agree with what they're doing, I don't see how you could think that state of affairs is, is any good, but I, maybe I'll talk to someone who, yeah, who thinks that I, at some point. I would say that, that, that one of the places on the internet where it, it seems like they've, they've embraced more, at least more of a, a bottom up approach 
um, that comes to mind is is Reddit. And and granted, I right. they've they've got you know some some community standards that apply site wide, but but mo- they've they've banned whole communities too. Yeah, and and there has been that. Uh, but but within within a certain certain leeway, you know, there's 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 certainly some stuff that would get you thrown out of uh, you know banned from from one subreddit that is perfectly acceptable in another. And and so there's there's some kind of diversity of communities in it, from that perspective there. Um not a not a perfect model by any means, but but very different than what you're seeing on on a Facebook or a Twitter uh which because of the kind of the the single global organism um uh, nature of of the platforms uh they're they seem to be searching for a a one size fits all set of rules uh and and that's that's a much different challenge another point that i wanted to make and this one is going to be another kind of evolution that that i've had since 2008 i was very um, I, I thought like a lot of conservatives claim that they're being banned or, sh- or censored or shadow banned by these companies. And I thought that was kind of overblown. I actually thought it was either, you know, maybe some of these people were just not very good at social media. And they're like, well, I don't know how you have any uh, followers. It must be that they're out to get me, you know. Kind of that's that's certainly uh, a tempting narrative to adopt when it's, it's the person saying it is, you know, like a 60 or 70 year old senator or or, or representative. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you even internet, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I'm trying to find the, the, the episode where we talked about that, but I, I thought it was like, well, yes, the, the people at these companies have a particular point of view, so you know, they're maybe they're helping the people who agree with them more just because that's 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 who they know, uh, versus it being kind of a um, a systematic you know attempt to to spread an ideology by the people who are controlling these companies. But now it's becoming more and more clear that that's exactly what it is uh, in 2020 versus in 2018. I mean, episode 61, I spoke to. Uh, Michael Bronspiegel about his group that uh, got torpedoed by Facebook. Uh, but now in 2020, um, you know, we, we've just seen it go full sale. I actually don't think it's really conservatives that are being uh, censored so much. It's just wh- whoever happens to be against whatever narrative they're trying to portray at that particular time. They they really like to have that editorial control. And they're not really the types of people, you know, they're not... Um, uh, th- there's maybe there was a time when I can trust where where you could trust like you know the uh, professional standards of journalism that doesn't seem to be <laughs> something that people follow anymore. Yeah, it's it's the industry at as a at at large has not been uh, covering itself in glory. There, uh, it's it's been getting right. down in the mud and wrestling with everybody else. Right. So one of the. Some of the congressional testimony recently, I'm not going to go through all this, but the only one I want to do is uh, this this one question that Senator Chris Coons from uh, uh, from uh, Delaware uh, gave to Jack Dorsey, as you know, CEO for, of uh, of Twitter. And it, this is he's obviously proud of this one. I mean, it's posted on his I'm linking to his uh, Senator Coons' own YouTube channel. Uh, so he basically said, Hey, Mr. Dorsey, you already block out deep fakes. You block out COVID misinformation. Why the heck don't you block out climate change misinformation? 
All right. You know, kind of, uh, it almost has, has kind of logic to it. And the answer is, oh, we're just getting started. Yes, we're focusing on a few main areas right now to prioritize, but, uh, but we're going to get to all of it. So, I mean, my first part was, you know, I, I thought the, 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 uh, the narrative was that uh, climate change is going to entail the extinction of humanity. So you'd think if they prioritize, they might want to put that one first. But uh, yeah, I have no, some it, cynical it, takes on that, but, but I'll, yeah, I'll put okay. that in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say what you want to say uh, when I finish this. I just think it's, it's interesting. No, they want to control the narrative on every issue down the line, ultimately. That's really where they're going. Again, Jack Dorsey, I don't think that's why he got into this thing, but he's been, um, you know, uh, he's been forced to go along with this uh, anyway. And so that's what he's he's telling Congress. And so that's essentially where these um, that's essentially where these platforms are going. And it's basically going to be a um, I don't know, it's going to be an information mill for uh, for base for establishment sources. I mean, you, you could kind of be rhetorical and say this is going to be like the the soviet pravda of uh of, of websites or something like that maybe that is where it's going but i don't know it's 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 not going to be the free speech haven that they originally envisioned yeah i i think it's it's going to become more and more like uh what some i mean it already the, is not the long established uh journalistic outlets uh have have become um you know but but without any of the redeeming qualities that they might still have <laughs> yeah. All right. So fortunately, the Podiverse of podcasts shows no signs of being centralized. So if you listen to podcasts, uh, you're in luck. None of this is happening. Um, all right. So let's uh, I have a couple of news stories, one heavy that we're going to go uh, very quickly through and then one very light to finish out the uh, to finish out the episode. What do you what do you say about let's, that? Let's do it. Okay, so the one I wanted to mention first, the kind of heavy one, is this is uh, Tony Shea, who was the founder of Zappos, which was the uh, you know the online shoe selling company. He died very young age of forty six uh, due to complications from a house fire. Very sad story. Uh, there's not much that that I can say about it, but his story is very interesting because he started. You know, Zappos has been around for a long time. This is like a is that early nineties. Late 90s. Late 90s? I don't think people were selling stuff online in the early 90s. Uh, well, late he, he 90s, was a pioneer, early 2000s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he cracked internet commerce early on when it really wasn't being done very successfully. And he moved his company to Las Vegas instead of San Francisco, which raised a lot of eyebrows. So that is, this is, a, I, I, if you're interested in this story, I suggest that you, uh, you do a little bit more research on it, uh, but this is this name Tony Shea is is someone who is um, obviously I hadn't heard of him before, but he's obviously someone who is inspiring to a lot of people. There's been a great outpouring of you know support and, and stuff from from people I know, and so it uh, or just you know eulogizing, uh, but. Um, but uh, his story is very interesting. He did something pretty incredible at a very young age, and it's sad that he died at such a young age as well. But uh, also, uh, you know, I didn't think to look at the shoe seller for some innovation, but sometimes, uh, sometimes that's where 
that that's where it lies. Yeah, well, and, and I don't think anyone uh, was banking on the fact that a, a bookseller would become the uh, online retail behemoth that it is today. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there are parallels between this and Amazon for sure. Um, okay, then the second one, this one's a little bit lighter. And so we'll finish off with this. End of year, Thanksgiving, you know. <laughs> uh, New York Times has an article saying that it's time for a digital detox, obviously related to a lot of the stuff we, we talk about today. Um, the article was written by Brian X. Chen. I think it's kind of cool to have X as your middle initial. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know anything about this author. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's sort of, I think a lot of people this year in 2020 are starting to take uh, internet addiction seriously. I mean, there have always been people who take it seriously, but uh, I, I think there's been kind of a a turning point on this and people are talking about, you know, how do we, how do we cut back? Yeah, part of me um, wants to be cynical. It's like, Oh, now that the election is over, we can, now we can have our, our digital detox. You, you couldn't have, you couldn't have tried no, to improve people's mental health yeah. in the state of discourse back in, I don't know, October, but, but, but I'm, I'm willing to grant that. I mean, if, if, it's not this guy's fault. No, He's no. writing the article. And, 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 <laughs> and if this is something that that's going to help people with their, their, you know, their state of mind, their, their, uh, their, uh, what's, what's the term of art now? Um, self-care then, then any excuse to start that process is a valid one. You know, for, for me, my getting off of Facebook, uh, was prompted by the impending birth of, of my first child. Uh, and there's, there's nothing so you special didn't want to be that, one but... of those people who posted all the pictures of their children. Yeah. I, I didn't even Facebook. want the temptation. I, I figured this, this is, yeah. The, the time that I spend, uh, you know, doing whatever it was I did back then on Facebook could be better spent, spe- you know, with, with my family. And uh, so, you yeah. know, what, whatever, whatever the trigger event is to, to help you reexamine your, your, your digital behavior, uh, take advantage of it. Don't, don't second guess it too much. Yeah. One thing that uh, my family's always yelling at me to put away the <laughs> phone, but then as soon as I do, they start peppering me with questions that I can only answer with my phone and I have to run and get it. And then it's like, would you rather I do this or would you rather we have a discussion about something else and maybe not know certain things? Yeah. It's, so, <laughs> we, we, we live on an interesting cusp that, that there was a period of our lives where knowledge of trivia was a valuable skill. Uh, and then it stopped mattering because everything was, you know, a, a Wikipedia lookup away. Uh, and, and it wasn't that impressive if you could, off the top of your head, recite, you know, every track off of every album of a specific uh, obscure musician uh, when I could spend less than 30 seconds and find that same information myself. Yeah. All right. So uh, let, let me just summarize the article because it does have some good ideas. Um, they don't recommend going cold turkey on the screen time. He says, not all screen time is bad. After all, many students are attending school via video conferencing apps. Actually, I'm kind of asking are we sure that's actually a good thing? Uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe a lot of our Zoom meetings at work are not actually productive, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah, I, so I wouldn't says, blame that on Zoom. I'd blame that on meetings. But but yeah, yeah. separate separate discussion. <laughs> yeah. So uh, step one, uh, uh, they say, is assessing which parts of screen time feel toxic and make you unhappy. That could be reading news or scrolling through Face, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and Instagram, by the way, Instagram's an interesting one because the pictures usually make you happy, but they might be wasting time. They might be making you happy in the short run, but unhappy in the long run. 
Um, yeah, so you, you used to hear more about Twitter, that in the in the context of Facebook, but but it's it's yeah. kind of moved over to Instagram now. That it's it's the whole everyone's putting forward their most glamorous, uh, curated version of their lives, and it makes you feel uh, lesser because your life is not nearly as perfect as this curated image that they're projecting. Right. Okay. And then they say step two is creating a realistic plan to minimize consumption of the bad part. Um, so so what types of stuff? Uh, would they suggest to put in that plan? Uh, first of all, uh, treat screen time as if it were a piece of candy that you occasionally allow yourself to indulge. Don't think of it as taking a break, as many do, uh, which is what I do a lot. I, I, I'm like, well, I'm taking a break, so I'll just, uh, I'll just scroll, right? Um, I'm, I'm starting to learn to be bored, you know? Uh, another thing is they recommend this is going to be a hard one for me phones out of the bedroom mm. i'm like well what if what if there's an emergency and someone needs to call me you know or something like that yeah i, um, I, I need to get better about specifically i i have two phones i have a personal phone and i have my work phone uh and and i need to you know when i log off my computer at whatever it is you know 5 30 in the evening uh, i really should at least put into do not disturb mode if not completely turn off my work phone because there's 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 very little value to me of checking work emails and you know my work calendar obsessively in between the hours of you know 6 p.m. and 7 a.m. the next day. Yeah, I mean the the only thing that I want to be uh, awakened for is well, if there's an alarm, if I need to set an alarm, or and I don't even think the phone really does this now. It actually filters that out. But if <laughs> if, if some close friend or family member needs to get a hold of me uh, in an emergency, which actually that wouldn't even work now, now that I think about it, because it's on do not disturb. Mode, I, I so. think you can set uh, certain contacts to uh, to to bypass do not disturb. But uh, I but I don't I want do it to be automatic. Sparingly, I, yeah, yeah. I don't want that to be automatic. I want it to say, uh, "Hey, is this?" Um, is this an emergency or can it wait? I know there are certain people in my family who will be like, I have a hangnail. It's an emergency. I need to wake you up at three in the morning. There's a bug in, you know, my apartment that is not in the same state as yours. And I'm scared. Okay. But, uh, you know, all right. So, um, also another one, and this is an important one. This goes back to kind of episode 12, uh, which is, which was the one I had with Marissa, uh, Chaco about, you know, uh, apps that are on your side looking out for your interests and apps that are are not mm. software that is not someone's like ent- identify the hooks that kind of hook you in the tricks like you know uh up your score beat your friends collect them all by the way sometimes those serve a good purpose but uh sometimes they are pushing you to do something you don't want to do kind of like an addicting casino game and you want to make them less likely so that means trying to turn off notifications, auto updates. Uh, someone even suggested to, you know, take the colors off your phone. There's a make, way to make it black and white and it makes it less addicting. That kind of scares me. I don't know if I want to do that, but um, anyway, well, I, I know on my Android phone uh, that it's, it's literally yeah. a, a two button press to switch between color and black and white mode, which I, I do sometimes use. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I guess I could browse on my um, Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do find that that's that's particularly useful. I I I I will occasionally read you know articles or ebooks on my phone, but if I'm going to actually try and read a book, I I much prefer reading it on my my what is it a Kindle Paperwhite Paperwhite, um, both both because it's a good tool for reading, but also because I, I think technically there is a browser in there, but uh, it, it's super slow and it's in black and white and super ineffective that. You know, if, if I actually need to go look something up other than a word definition or something like that, 
uh, I, I will put the device down and, and go somewhere else. So it's, it is one case where having a unitasker, I, I think really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So you could see the link to this article and all of the related episodes at localmaxradio.com slash 147. Um, that's, um, that's basically it. I think we yeah, well, are I'll, on the cusp. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back with, with one last comment and that uh, yeah. when, when you do go to, uh, to maximum.locals.com to, to sign up for a free, free membership in the group there, uh, you can customize your notifications f- to uh, be as, as obtrusive or unobtrusive as you want. Uh, so, you know, both, both in the app and, and over email. So, you know, if, if you want to find out about every single post and like and update on there or uh, not so much. <laughs> So yeah, you know, be be, uh, be judicious in how you set that up. Yeah, I th- there's also you don't have to download the app too. There's also you, know, you just go to the website right. as well. So there's there's an app and a website, so you can kind of choose. Uh, I think we're kind of on the cusp of really having a a phase switch on in the internet. And I don't know how 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 much I've been saying this, but I feel like it's it's kind of we're going to look back at I don't know something like. 2019 to 2022 as sort of a phase shift where the internet transformed from looking one way to looking another way. And I think this is part of it. I think this article is part of a different way of thinking about it. I think getting on locals and kind of uh, debundling all of these centralized social apps is part of it. I think we're going to see a very different internet uh, at the end of this. And it's probably going to take a few years you know, to look back and understand what happened, but I think we're in the middle of it right now. Well, I, I am not prepared to make predictions about what that would, would look like, but I am very interested to, to hear in the future your, your thoughts on, on exactly what shape that might take. So uh, we'll, yeah. we're, we're going to put that on our, our uh, future topic list, I think. Yeah. All right. I think uh, that just about covers it. I think that's a, that's a good episode. Any last thoughts, Aaron, uh, before we Say goodbye. I, I can't believe we're uh, about to enter into December. Uh, doesn't feel like winter yes. quite yet here, uh, but but uh, as as someone once said, winter is coming. Uh, so, you know, you, I guess you can officially start decorating for the holidays now that we're through Thanksgiving. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was going to say, like Black Friday. How who goes shopping anymore? I thought this must have been a terrible Black Friday for the. Well, for the company. One, one thing that I, but, I noticed, and I think this was new this year, is that everyone started their Black Friday sales like the week of Thanksgiving, as in the weekend before. Mm. Um, which right, I, that's interesting. I, I think that was new. I, I wasn't expecting it. Yes, they have. A, there's a new mall in Norwalk. Have you been there? I have not. So there's a, yes. Uh, I think this is. I think it's only been there for a year. Now they have a, like a meet Santa Claus, and they have. They're, they have it set up, so there's Santa, and then I, there's I assume a you mean meat shot. and greet, not a Santa Claus made out of meat products, because the second one no, is no, much no. more yes. exciting to me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, take a picture of your kid with Santa Claus, and then there's there's a uh, – it wasn't set up, but there was a seat for, for him, and then like five feet in front, there's like – you know, two inch thick glass <laughs> <laughs> to separate your kid from that old man. And then another few feet in front of that is the kid, where, the, 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 the seat where the kid sits. I, I think that that might be something that like that, that stays because of all this. It's, it's, well, it was, it's kind of freaky. Do you want to have to explain to your children someday why nobody got presents this year because you got Santa sick and killed him? <laughs> 
That could be a good excuse. It <laughs> could be a good excuse. Fortunately, I don't have to deal with that. Not yet. Um, but well, no, I'll, I'll never have to deal with that because there is no uh, there is no Santa Claus in my family. Um, although there is an interesting story once where I um, there there was back when I lived on Long Island, they uh, the fire department used to come around with the fire truck and they would you know dress oh, up yeah. yep. and they would throw candy to the kids. And, you know, this is a Jewish family. We don't believe in Santa Claus, but I'm like, I'm going to go out there and get that candy. You believe in candy. You're, I, you're a red-blooded be- American child. I believe in Santa Claus now, yeah. I'm getting that candy cane. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't – I think that the takeaway from that is it doesn't matter if you don't teach your kids to believe in Santa Claus. You're still uh, – you know – there's still a Santa Claus looming in the background. If you want some candy and presents, it's uh, yeah, it's not that you're willing to uh, suspend disbelief for a minute. <laughs> um, Children's minds are very flexible. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's it. I, now I want to tell everyone, you know, have a great weekend. If you have a second, maximum.locals.com signed up. We really appreciate it. And any pointers you can give on on how that was, I'd like to hear about that too. And. Um, uh, before we sign off, let's talk about the rest of the year. I maybe have a couple interviews to do. Aaron, I hope you come back. We could do like kind of an end of year review at the end of this year. So that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, normally and, I'd be doing uh, a lot of traveling uh, between Christmas and New Year's uh, with you know visiting family. Uh, not so much happening this year. So uh, I'm fairly flexible. All right. Great. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. Remember to check out the website at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. The show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe to The Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account at Max Sklar. Have a great week. Feel the power.